This is the voice of Carnage, and you are listening to Carnage Cast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of Carnage Cast. Bethany Creaser tells Interview with the Gamer about two gaming groups in which she participates Border Board Games, a monthly game night in Derby Line in the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont, and Green Mountain Gamers, which put on traveling game days around the state. Then in Autopsy of a Game, Dave Chapman, line developer of Conspiracy X 2.0, joins us to talk about the game of aliens, conspiracies, and the supernatural, as well as its recent revitalization thanks to Kickstarter. Before we move on, a quick heads up that GMT East is this coming weekend, March 30th through April 1st. If you're a fan of the company's games, head over to their website and check it out. Now we go to Interview with the Gamer. Now, Interview with the Gamer. Hi, I'm sitting here with Bethany Creaser, Carnage attendee of several years now. Bethany, how are you this weekend? I'm doing fine, thanks. How's your Carnage been so far? Oh, excellent. Love Carnage. Yeah? What, uh, what have you been playing? I started out with some uh, Ascending Empires in Alien Frontiers. Uh, I've run a game of Cargo Noir. I even tried some uh, a bit of a role-playing game or story game, Inspectors. Um, mm-hmm. Did us some StarCraft, the board game. And even, of course, some games in between gaming sessions. So some Kings of Tokyo, Zombies in My Pocket. I mean, there's just a lot. I'm just trying to remember them all. It's been such a great weekend. It's real blur. Oh, yeah. Do you have one standout moment of this carnage? I I enjoyed playing StarCraft. It's a a game that uh, I own. And because of my local gaming group, there's only a few of us who are what I call... Uh, really hardcore gamers Mm -hmm. so that game doesn't come out onto the table as often and I've actually only played it once before Mm -hmm. and coming to Carnage is now let me play it so I actually understand the rules much better and I'm hoping to actually bring that out at our own local gaming group nice now I, I there's a bit of a story behind that copy of Starcraft I think yes uh my husband and I won Starcraft at uh, another gaming convention uh, a few years ago at Northeast Wars. Yep. Yeah, I think there's a picture of you and uh, Richard holding it up, floating around the internet. Yes, I believe so, but I've never seen that picture. Oh, it, it's it's a nice picture. Don't worry. All right. So, how long have you been going to Carnage now? This is actually uh, my fourth. The first time I came down for just the Saturday. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't sure what a game convention was, and I didn't know if I'd like it. Mm-hmm. So we came down for the Saturday, came late morning, and then spent the afternoon playing a game. And of course, we had to get back home that evening. Right. And uh, on our way home, we said, we are going next year. Nice. And we've been coming ever since. So that was your first game convention, but that has led to a number of game events that you organize as well, I think. Yes, it has. Can you tell me more about that? Well, I helped uh, organize a local gaming, well, I should say a statewide gaming club or group called Green Mountain Gamers. It's for trying to bring, well, we, as our slogan, I guess, says, try to bring Vermont gamers to the table. And uh, we rotate the game day. We have four a year, one each season. Mm-hmm. 
and then we rotate it around the state so that each area of the state can have what we would say a local game day. It's a 12-hour game day of open gaming. You play games closer to home as well, too, don't you? Uh, yes. My husband, uh, Richard, and I, we have formed a local gaming group called Border Board Games. Mm-hmm. We play the third Saturday of each month in Derby Line, Vermont, which is way up, basically drive up I-91 North mm-hmm. until you hit Canada, and then you turn left, and there you are in Derby Line. Hence, Border Board Games. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we play each, it's a third Saturday, every evening at 6 p.m., at the Derby Line Village Hall. Uh, we just bring a bunch of games along with us and play whatever we feel like playing. Sometimes we do theme nights. So for October, we did our horror and monster theme for Halloween. Mm-hmm. For this November, we, or each November actually, we've been doing exploration and colonization themes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just bring along whatever games we haven't played in a while or we feel like playing and just see what people want to play. And we also do, um, we have a role-playing group, which we try to play every fourth Saturday or Sunday, depending on people's schedules. We try to keep it to that, and so far it's being hosted at Richard's and my house in Derby Line, but if we have to arrange for a better venue, we would do that as well. Mm-hmm. And we've been, we've played D&D 3.5, we've switched over to playing the Song of Ice and Fire role-playing game. Mm-hmm. And how's that going for you? We absolutely love the Song of Ice and Fire role-playing game. Nice. Has the HBO series played a role in how much you're enjoying that? Um, I don't, wouldn't say necessarily. I mean, I have actually, and still in the process of reading the books, uh-huh. um, I just started A Dance with Dragons. I, I know my husband and our friend have loved, I mean, love the series, and I've knew it was a series I would eventually read. I've plowed through the first four books and really loving them. And it's actually helped me with the role-playing game. It's helped me understand more about the actual world. Um, But no, it's just the way that's set up, we just are really loving the actual theme and how the game is run. Yeah, it's something, (laughs) let me put it this way, we started playing D&D, and Song of Ice and Fire, and now we have completely switched to Song of Ice and Fire. That's it. That's a that's a pretty compelling testimony. Mm-hmm. So up in Derby Line, your group's very open and friendly. You're eager to have people come from wherever to just play games every month. I know you have a friend who comes down from Canada quite regularly to enjoy the board gaming fun. What is the what is unique about the group? You think that makes it such an open and friendly experience? Well. Probably, I mean, we the core group of us, we love board games. So, and we're always willing to try anything new. We'd love to have any new players. Um, we would love to try any kind of new game. I'm open to try almost any game. Uh, heck, I know uh, my husband and our friend, they have like playing Magic as well, so... I'm sure they could probably be convinced to bring some magic decks for some casual magic play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess one of the nice things about traveling up the Derby Line, Vermont, is if you uh, have proper identification to cross the border into uh, Quebec, you can enjoy one of the, I don't know if I call it delicacy, but 
I know most people really enjoy it. It's a poutine, which is Canada's, uh, well, I guess it's a heart attack on a plate, but it's absolutely <laughs> delicious. The French fries with the gravy and, of course, cheese curd, which is the most important part of it. Not just mozzarella cheese, but cheese curd. Yeah, it's not poutine without the curd. Exactly. And, it, and it's not curd if it's not squeaking. Correct. It's got to squeak on your teeth. It's always been the highlight of every trip I've taken up to Derby Line. Go to Pizzeria Steve, get nice and logy on poutine, and then head over to the Village Hall and play some board games that just don't seem to matter anymore when you're that full and happy. Oh, exactly. And another thing is if you're aware of any other Quebec uh, specialty foods, I guess you could say you can also get the smoked meat Mm. at Pizzeria Steve. Didn't know they had the smoked meat. No, it's Montreal smoked meat. Yes, it's an important distinction. Yes, it is. Despite the fact it stands dead, it's still Montreal smoked meat. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Bethany, thanks for dropping in and talking with me. I'm very glad to have been able to come up here and speak with you. And I'd love to thank all those who organize Carnage because it's such a wonderful weekend. My husband and I look forward to it every single year now. It's become a highlight of our year and we love it. Great. Oh, where can people go to learn more about Board of Board Games? We do have a website. Uh, it is um, sites.org google.com slash site slash border board games all one word Mm -hmm. and that's b-o-r-d-e-r border yes yep you're not putting people up you're just inviting them to stand on the line between nations exactly all right thanks bethany you're welcome next we take you to an autopsy of a game Hi everyone, welcome to Autopsy of the Game. I'm Tyler, and today I'm talking with Dave Chapman, line developer for Conspiracy X 2.0. Hi Dave, how are you? Hi, I'm fine, thank you very much, Lee. Thanks for coming on the show to talk about this awesome role-playing game. Well, thanks for having me on. So, for people who are unfamiliar with Conspiracy X, what's the uh, the pitch for it? It's tricky. Um, it really feels a bit like X-Files, the role-playing game, basically. Um, it takes three major alien races that are trying to take over and dominate the planet but it also manages to incorporate a lot of supernatural goings on like the psychics um, magic um, possession uh, corruption from unknown forces and things like that so so basically you can do just about anything with it which is which which is what drew me to the game to begin with how did you get involved with it like originally way back in the day Whoa, that that is a long-winded thing. Um, Back in the day, as you say, um, I started a company drawing comics. Um, I I published a couple of um, comics, one called Missing, and one for uh, a comic by um, Disraeli, who drew uh, Batman and um, some stuff for 2000 AD. And a friend of mine, uh, Jason Edwards, who, who knew I was very into X Files, said, "You've you've really got to check out this role playing game because he knew I was a big gamer anyway." Uh, I read it and loved it, and I contacted Eden and just said, "Oh, I'd, I'd really like to do a comic based on Conspiracy X," um, and nothing kind of came with that. The, the independent comics industry kind of failed miserably, and I, I closed down the whole comic publishing venture. 
Mm-hmm. But I really got back into the, into the gaming thing. And, um, I saw Eden's other games like, um, Witchcraft, really. And I, and All Flesh Must Be Eaten, of course, which is, which is a great one. Right. And I asked them if they'd be interested in me doing some writing for them. Um, I, I wrote a supplement for All Flesh Must Be Eaten, um, which hasn't, hasn't been published, um, which is one about, um, summer camp stalkers and unstoppable evil or something like that. I think it was called, uh, so it's taking the focus away from zombies and more onto, um, serial slasher movie type things. Uh, but they, lo- they liked it so much. They gave me the Terra Primate job, um, doing the Planet of the Apes T type role playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after that one finished, I moved on to helping out with Buffy, but I still had that nickeling urge that I really wanted to do Conspiracy X. And it was the one game in their line that didn't, fit because it was a, a separate system all to its own it wasn't unisystem it didn't fit with anything else they did right and it was just just a perfect sort of mashup it's a i i just kept emailing george and alex at eden just saying look you've just gotta let me merge <laughs> the game with the right system and um and they finally caved <laughs> well i'm glad they did so you 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 were sort of spearheading the move for a new edition i Yes, yeah, ba- basically. I, I had a big problem with the original system. I know a lot of people love the, the original um, game system for, for Connex, mm-hmm. but I, I found it a little bit too, too complicated. And Unisystem was, was just, just really nice to work with. Um, so I, I kept, I put together a big pitch, uh, sent it off to George and tried to convince him to let me write it. Uh, and con- happy coincidence, he was over in the UK. Uh, one of the UK Gen Cons. I think it was the last UK Gen Con in London. And I, I popped down and met up with him there and we had a good discussion to see if I was the right person for the job. And uh, thankfully, he, he said I was. <laughs> wow, talk about serendipity. <laughs> Getting to the, uh, the the game itself, there's... It, you, you mentioned it draws on that X-File vibe from the 90s. It's, and uh, you have the, these alien factions... But you mm-hmm. also have the supernatural component as well, and I, yeah. I, I, I read the game myself, and it, and it's impressive in the way that everything's sort of tied together and, and consistent, where it's not a bunch of conflicting backgrounds. No, I, it was really the background that sold it for me to begin with. I, it was one of those things where you read through it, and it was almost convincing enough to be real. Uh, I was very into X Files and all those conspiracy theory stuff that to begin with anyway. So just reading through that it was like, ah, oh, that that's just perfect. That works. That's why the Atlanteans were here. Um the grey DNA has been spliced with primeval man and created the psychic potential that humans have now and it it all just kind of fit together. Yeah, um can we go over a little bit those three alien factions to introduce them to new newcomers without necessarily giving everything away. Well, uh, yeah, not giving the game away. Um, the three a- alien races are based very heavily on actual UFO sightings. Um, I mean, if you look into any UFO conspiracy theories and things like that, there's always three different types of alien races, and they're the ones that appear in, in the game. There's the greys, which you'll expect to see from things like X-Files, the little cute aliens with their, with the big black eyes. Um, there's the lizard men who, uh, if you read a lot of books like, uh, the David Icke conspiracies that the actual heads of government and the royal family are all actually lizards anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then this fits in perfectly. They're all using shape changing and body morphing technology to, um, look like us. 
And then there's the Atlanteans, um, who are basically the ufologists, perfect humans. There's always these perfect people who come down in their shiny silver suits. And in the, in the game, that's them, they, the Atlanteans and their silver suits are, are the product of uh, highly developed nanotechnology. Right, those are also in ufology. They're the Nordics or the Space Brothers, right? Yeah, definitely. That's the ones. Right, right. And um, so we have these three alien factions, but sort of the, the, the where player characters are going to wind up is going to be ages, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Although um, the extraterrestrial source book, which um, is the one that's recently been funded through Kickstarter, it does give you the option of playing aliens for the first time. Uh, I don't know anybody who's actually tried it yet, but... Uh, It'll be interesting to see if anybody manages to do an alien-based game. Well, that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> Someone will take it up. Oh, yeah, definitely. So what is Aegis? Um, Aegis is part of a splinter of uh, government conspiracy. Um, back when the first UFO sightings were happening in the 40s, mm -hmm. um, a, a conspiracy called The Watch Um had a bit of a conflict as to what to do now that they discovered these UFOs. Um, half of them wanted to shoot them down and the other half wanted to make contact. And this resulted in the big Roswell crash in 47. Mm -hmm. uh, and half of them went off and became Aegis and the other half became um, the National Defense Directorate, also known as the Black Book. And they've, they've been bickering amongst themselves and warring between them for since the 40s. Uh, Aegis have taken the pure defensive route. They, they um, had to describe it without giving too much away is the, is the tricky bit. Yeah. Uh, they um, have infiltrated a lot of government departments like the FBI um, and they, they're basically just trying to put a stop to an impending alien invasion. Whereas the National Defense Directorate have basically signed up with the Greys and the um, Saurians, the, um, the lizard people, and they're forming partnerships, not realizing the kind of mess they're going to get the planet into. And so player characters will find it's not just rooting out aliens or tracking down supernatural uh, phenomena, but it's also that third front of internal conflict, both within the context of the U.S. government and the planet Earth. Oh, definitely. There, there's a lot of agent upon agent action, as they say. Uh, it it does feel a lot more matrixy the, the more it goes on. Lots of guys in suits um, doing lots of martial arts and shooting at each other with highly advanced technology that they really don't know how to control. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so many role-playing games. <laughs> definitely. Earlier when you mentioned uh, updating Conspiracy X and bringing it into the Unisystem family, what were the, uh, the the issues you had to work out with updating the game both for a new system and a new century? The, the biggest thing that I hadn't planned on was the huge restructuring of um, the US government. Being a Brit, I was kind of ignorant to it all and uh, doing a little bit of delving. The original government structure that was present in the original Conspiracy X um, was very, very different post 9-11 mm -hmm. uh, with the whole um, Homeland Security Act. Uh, I had to completely update all of the government departments, uh, the way that like alcohol, tobacco, firearms had moved over from Justice Department into defense and all, all that kind of business. It, it got very, very, very complicated. Um, 
I had to do an awful lot of research. It got to the point where I was actually emailing the FBI saying, um, does this really happen? How, how are you structured now? And things, <laughs> and things like that. Getting some very cryptic uh, emails back going, why are you emailing us these strange questions again? It's for a book, honest, don't worry. Um, I'm not a spy or a terrorist. Um, now, that was the biggest challenge. Um, luckily, the rest of it seemed to fit in quite nicely. The only tricky bit besides that was managing to merge the concepts of um, psychic seepage from the original game mm -hmm. and the concept of um, essence, the magical sort of power that was floating around in the witchcraft world. They're, they kind of fit together in a, in a strange way, almost like oil or water. If mm -hmm. you although that will come more evident if you read the paranormal source book which um, has just thankfully reached its targets on kickstarter yes i was very excited to see that hey excellent <laughs> um but but yeah th thankfully they, they do kind of fit together and you can use the magic systems from both witchcraft and from conspiracy x together in the same setting okay because um seepage as i understand it is the uh sort of background and mental energy of the human race, right? Yeah, it's, it's this psychic energy that people just seem to be leaking constantly without actually realizing it. And that's part of the reason why the greys have come and have come to our planet, because this psychic energy that we're leaking actually hurts them on their home world. Mm -hmm. And it's also expressing itself on Earth as ghosts and other phenomena. Yeah, yeah, uh, the the psychic seepage um, pulls into into locations and draws upon humanity's fears, nightmares, um, various things that they've seen on television, like vampires and werewolves and things, and actually physically manifests itself or corrupts people and mutates them into these creatures. Um, so we have all these different phenomena going around, and we have the, the Aegis agents, which are sort of scattered through the government. How do they work together as your sort of archetypical character party, or cell in the case of, in the context of Conspiracy X? In, the, in any of the games that I've run, they've been kind of diversely located, but they, they're all brought together by, um, by their handsets. They have the Hermes uplinks. Hermes is the big computer system that unites all of the Aegis agents countrywide. Um, and they can communicate themselves and coordinate their efforts that way. And it usually can be a case that Aegis Prime um, will as assign uh, a cell to look up at a certain mission, which um, is quite handy when it comes to gaming. It's that whole, you've been assigned to do this, um, rather than any wandering off on your own <laughs> thankfully you can can manipulate the players in certain ways but then there's always that that layer that could be almost like the old paranoia rpg whether you actually trust what ages prime and hermes is telling you to do or not right because in that cell structure you're you're just getting your information from the handset yeah you're just getting some files downloaded to your, your little iphone type thing and you just go off on a mission sometimes blindly um not entirely sure what you're gonna run into i i i hadn't personally realized that the the model went so far into like a mission-based structure does that mean that there's a lot of rotating cast is there can be a lot of rotating cast i must admit i haven't had many rotations of cast members in my games they've uh, they've managed to survive thankfully okay. Good for that. <laughs> um, which can be quite quite a miracle it's it's a very dangerous 
RPG. And the, the, the actual da- damage structure is quite realistic. And uh, the weaponry, especially the alien weaponry, can be a, a little bit heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, luckily, I haven't had too many problems with having to generate vast amounts of new characters or, or rotate them around. Okay. So it's not one that... It's not like an Ars Magica where everybody's sort of expecting, well, my 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 uh, agent might not be called. I should have someone else who's more suitable. It's just that you guys are all conveniently called together to do X. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very x file There's small teams of people who know each other mm-hmm. or at least can trust each other. That, that's possibly the best way to go. Mm-hmm. And they can come from all different departments and agencies or walks of life outside government structure, right? Yeah, I mean, the the core book is very government-based, um, lots of U.S. governments or U.S. military. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, then, of course, it can expand into civilians. My my last campaign had um, a journalist in there who uncovered a little bit too much and needed to be recruited just to keep him quiet, and um, a failed television psychic whose psychic abilities had become so much that um, they just, just had to pick them up and recruit them. Mm-hmm. Is a lot of uh, recruitment to save them from themselves in that regard. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's kinder than the other option. Oh, yeah. Uh, other than that, they're just going to be uh, eradicated to save the planet. Mm-hmm. As part of the the updating of the game, did you find you had to make allowances for the changes in technology in the last ten years in terms of like Hermes or communications? Luckily, uh, technology didn't need too much updating. I mean, there was a lot of um, changing of cameras and things like that up to the digital age uh, and the Hermes uplinks you didn't really need a dedicated unit because in, in the original game it was almost like you were carrying around uh, a portable unit a bit like um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or something like that mm-hmm. whereas now the technology is so good in you know, modern iPhones that it's actually been incorporated into into small um, mobile phones and, and PDAs and things like that. So it's it's almost um, gelled in. It's almost like Apple are controlling Aegis or something like that. But I can't say something anything bad about Apple because I'm using a Mac right now. <laughs> <laughs> they would never know. Oh no no no. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's like uh, Hermes has gone app based. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> the the wonders of the of the iPhone and their, their little coded structures in there it just works the same as the way that Hermes Uplink used to. So, what uh, as part of this whole uh, second edition? What sort of what role were you playing as line developer in addition to writing the update? Um, mostly, I was just sort of coordinating the playtest, some of the playtesting. Um, a lot of that happened online. Thankfully, we had um, playtest groups worldwide testing bits out um, but most of the time it was actually taking the original text from the core rule books and uh, integrating it into Unisystem uh, and managing to and updating it also making sure it all worked but more than anything else um, there had to be quite a few trims to try and squeeze them them in I mean the extraterrestrial source book and the paranormal source book have managed to condense three original publications into each one mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the the fourth one, hopefully, which will be launched by Kickstarter sometime later this year, uh, the Conspiracy Sourcebook, um, includes some material from a sourcebook that was written for the original Conspiracy X that never saw the light of day, the um, the fabled um, Area 51 box set that has had had four rule books in there um, that 
and actually revealed quite a lot of information about Aegis Prime and the whole conspiracy itself. Mm-hmm. All these bits have actually been incorporated into the conspiracy source book for the first time, so people actually get to see it. Wow. So the first th- three books of, of the 2.0 line are sort of the greatest hits of the original Conspiracy X. Yeah, yeah, up- updated and, right. and, and tweaked. <laughs> yes, always with modifications and updates. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and then the, this fourth one, the Conspiracies book, will be the un- un- as yet unpublished material. It's, it incorporates a lot of stuff from Sub Rosa, the um, conspiracy source book, mm-hmm. and um, the Hand Unseen, the, the Black Book source book. Um, but it also covered the Aegis side of the conspiracy, which hadn't really been covered too heavily in the original system. So that include that that's incorporates this this new bit, and it also adds a a, a strange new revelation in there, which. Um, may surprise a lot of people. I can't say too much about that without giving the game away. No, 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 but uh, we'll be looking <laughs> forward to it. Excellent. Because uh, the the Lions had a lot of success with Kickstarter, right? Yeah, yeah it surprised me. Um, when the, the, the core book's been out for, for a few years now, and and then everything went a bit quiet. And, right. And when George put the extraterrestrial source book up on Kickstarter to see if there was the audience there for the line to continue. We're just blown away by the response. It's been brilliant. And um, the Paranormal source book um, hit its target very, very quickly. And we extended the target a little bit to add the GM screen in as, a, as, a, as an extra incentive in there uh, and hit that target as well. So I've been very, very happy with the way that it's, it's all come through. Yeah, it's, it's a model that's paying off for the, line, the, the, the not super popular lines, but cl- that still clearly have an audience out there. Oh, definitely. That's, it's really good. If if this trend continues and people keep uh, flocking to the Kickstarters like this, do you see the the conspiracy X line continuing like this? Um, I hope so. I, I when George first talked to me about the Kickstarter, um, he was talking about the various publications that could come, uh, and I, I broke the news to him that there was actually a fifth book sitting on my hard drive waiting to be edited. Um, uh, and even he was surprised that I'd done an extra book because I hadn't been commissioned for it. Mm-hmm. So if if all goes well, um, the operation source book will be book five down the line, hopefully, fingers crossed, which will be compiling um, some of the information that was going to go into the GM screen, like um, civilian professions, mm-hmm. and most of the adventures that had to be cut from the original um, books to fit into the new versions, um, the uh, those adventures will be updated, converted over to Unisystem, and it'll be a, a plethora of, of missions to send your poor gullible agents off onto. Oh, excellent! Now, of all, of everything you've written, published and as yet unpublished, is there something that you were especially proud of being able to bring to the Conspiracy X universe? I I think the extra little bit that I can't really talk about that's in the conspiracy source book. Okay. Um, I I think think that's the bit that I I'm I'm really chuffed with. Um, I think it will surprise a lot of people, and it probably came about from a, a casual conversation I was having over emails with with George and Alex way back in oh, I think it must be about two thousand two thousand and one, um, and it kind of. There's that little seed of a of an idea that has just uh, gestated into something that might really spark off players' imaginations. So hopefully, I I really hope everyone will like that bit best. I hope so too. Do you ever get to hear from players who are who let you know how what you wrote or updated is done for we, them in their games? 
I get a little bit of feedback, not not a huge huge deal at the moment. Um, did get a uh, meet up with a couple of fans at the last um, Dragon Meet that I went to in London. Mm-hmm. Um, that was about three or four years ago, um, and yeah, the the response has been brilliant for it so far. So, um, of course, if anybody has any feedback, feel free to pop onto the Eden message boards and and, and leave some feedback. It'd be great. You still drop by now and then? Oh yes, all the time. Do you have any memories from the uh, development or playtesting process that particularly stand out as like, this is why I'm doing this? No, no, I don't, I don't think it, it's it was one of those really strange situations where um, a lot of the actual production of the books and things like that was all based in the states, mm-hmm. uh, and of course the books being about American governments and things like that, it seems strange that a, a poor little Brit sitting alone in, in typing away on a laptop um, seemed to be the, the one that was trying to force this project together. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I, I did feel kind of uh, isolated from it all, but it, it's it's just great that it's um, got out there and, and everybody's responded to it well. Yeah, because you do have that outsider's perspective to the whole morass of American society. <laughs> De- definitely. Um, yeah, it, it, I always thought it was a bit strange because they, they got me uh, a little Brit to write about the American government. And um, at the same time, Eden got uh, an American to, to write a book about um, Victorian Britain. Oh, so it was a fair exchange. So, yeah. So, yeah, it, it was good. We, I think everybody helped out on each other's projects on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so during the, the playtesting phase, what sort of feedback were you getting from players and did that play into how the new edition came out came out at all there, there was a lot of feedback from from quite a lot of people um there, there were there was a hardcore camp who were very dedicated to the old game system mm-hmm. who were a little bit reluctant to switch over to unit system the original game had a very very hardcore fan base um and i can after they explained how the how the game rules worked to me, because the original system really did leave me a little befuddled sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, after it was explained to me, I could understand why it was so popular. Um, but to me, Unisystem worked a little bit better for it, uh, and I think managed to to wheedle them round to round to my my side of things. Luckily, the the wonders of actual playtesting the game didn't really need too much because the game system itself. Um, had been around before, uh, been gone through many incarnations with witchcraft and all flesh must be eaten, and and a slightly cinematic version for um, for Buffy and an angel and army of darkness, and managed to um, unite all the all the parts from all those games and to become almost the definitive version of, of Unisystem because mm-hmm. it had been play tested and refined and then play tested again to such an extent that this is possibly the 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 most streamlined and, and coolest version of Unisystem yet. Uh, at least, I'd I... like to think so. George might say something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't disagree, because I've been using it myself for something other than Conspiracy X, but it's worked out great. Oh, excellent. The, the good thing about ConX is that there's always that interest in paranormal and supernatural type things. And although X-Files was really the, the big thing, and I... I have, I'm such an X-Files fanboy, you wouldn't believe. I have signed pictures of David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson in, in our living room, and the wife, much of the wife's disgust. <laughs> um, uh, and th- there are some people that I met over, over the internet who uh, are the game designers. I, uh, 
there's one credited in the ET source book called uh, Lukia, who, who, whose father was uh, a huge um, ufologist. And when he died, she passed on um, his scrapbooks and this, this huge box of um, books from the 50s and 60s about ufology. Uh, and it's just, it, it's good to see that that much passion is still about for it. Um, admittedly, since the X-Files passed, I, I don't want to use the term past because I always hope there's going to be more. Mm -hmm. um, there's always been that's those slight replacements when it comes to the public view of things, when it comes to popular television and things like that. I mean, Dark Skies um, tried to do a similar sort of thing, but certainly shows like Fringe, which is, is brilliant stuff. Right. Uh, Fringe e is easily a Conspiracy X game, if ever there was one. It's just adding a multiple dimension level to it, which is easily written in. At least, yeah, yeah, it could easily be written in. It'd be good. I hadn't even thought of that. You're absolutely right. And it even has the uh, that whole interdepartmental pulling strings thing that you find in Conspiracy X. Oh, yes. <laughs> and just for people who don't know, what are pulling strings? Um, pulling strings are this ability that you gain from your profession, your basic day job. And uh, when you're going off and fighting aliens in, in the evenings and stuff like that, you actually have a normal day job to go back to, like whether that's working in the FBI or in the military or something like that. Um, and while you're on the jobs for Aegis, you can still use your contacts that you've got in the, the American government um, to sort of get things done, whether it's getting somebody to run some fingerprints for you or to um, check the records for border patrols or, or possibly even calling in transportation and things like that, mm -hmm. and, which is which is always very handy, especially when you're trying to move some secret alien technology from one part of the com country to another. Right. It helps give some structure to those social interactions that sometimes get hand-waved. Yeah, it's, it's, instead of just being a mass of contacts that you, you sometimes accumulate in, in other RPGs where you just have contact written there, um, you'll have um, things like um, FBI database or things like that, which you can call in a, a specific favor. Mm -hmm. So looking forward, there's um, one at least one more Kickstarter to come. There's the fifth manuscript, which, with any fingers crossed, gets published. Um, Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. What are you as a as a game designer looking forward to in in the near future? <sighs> oh, that's tricky. Um, well, it's, since working on um, Conspiracy X, I've uh, I was the line developer and game designer for Doctor Who Adventures in Time and Space for Cubicle Seven, mm -hmm. um, which was which was a, a real blast. Um, being a bit of a Doctor Who nerd as well, um, and since working on that, um, I've decided to go it alone, and I'm writing my own game at the moment called Wild, um, which is um, short for Wakeful Induction of Lucid Dreaming. Um, I, th I think the best way to describe it at the moment is if Inception and Sucker Punch had uh, had an illegitimate offspring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna have to look out for uh, that one. It's it's still in its very embryonic stage at the moment. Um, got some basic ideas of how the game structure works, and just trying to uh, narrow down my core mechanic at the moment. Mm -hmm. Is this uh, is this going to be a, a, something you publish personally or through a, a larger company? 
Um, I'd, I think it, as far as I know, it'll probably be something I'll publish personally and with, maybe with some, uh, some partnership, possibly through Cubicle 7 or through Angus's new company, um, Chronicle City. Do you have any uh, parting thoughts for the Conspiracy X crowd or people who might be interested in trying the game out? couple of things. Um, if you see the core book on the shelf and you look at it and you think, wow, that's a very small book, um, don't be put off. Um, when the core book came to me, I was, I was stunned because it was it's half the size of the other Unisystem core books, but it has exactly the same number of pages. It's just uh, a different paper stock. It's nice and shiny. Um, it lasts longer. Uh, it's it's lovely and compact and is easy to carry around. Um, if you like anything like X-Files, Fringe, Supernatural, Lost, anything with a slight kooky twist to it, um, you'll love it. Basically, give it a bash. It, it, it'll be right up your street. Right on. Uh, where can people go to find out more about Conspiracy X and about what you're doing on, um, online? Uh, online, um, most of the, the Connect stuff will be at conspiracyx.com or on edenstudios.net. Um, my stuff, um, I only have a blog at the moment, which is autocratic, um, with a K at the end, uh, .blogspot.com. We'll put that link in the show notes. Oh, excellent. Thank you very much. Yeah. That would be great. All right, Dave, thanks so much for talking about Conspiracy X. Anytime at all. That's brilliant. Thank you very much for having me on. Last but not least. All right, that's our show for the week. Thanks to Bethany and Dave for taking time out to talk with us. Check with the show notes on carnagecon.com slash carnagecast to find out more about what they're up to. And while you're there, leave a comment, let us know what you think, or join the Carnage Facebook group. Maybe even write a review for the show on iTunes. Basically, we want to hear from you. Until next time, good gaming, everyone. You've been listening to Carnage Cast, a production of NNEG LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit us at www.carnagecon.com.